Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and plants and pets that are important to you. I'm going to start this monologue by letting you know that if you're listening to this podcast in the hopes of hearing hot takes on the latest award show or big sporting event, you will be disappointed. That is not what we do here. If award shows and sports make you happy, great! Good for you! It must be very easy for you to find the things you love in this world, as both sports and award shows seem to constantly be taking up a lot of time in the culture. Now, if you're listening to this podcast to hear goofy and often embarrassing slice-of-life stories, occasional commentary on the world of popular music, thoughtful and humorous audio clips floating around social media, interviews with interesting creative people, yes, we still have those, though we haven't had one in a while. We're working on it. An occasional funny bit, all followed by an analysis of pop charts from decades past, then you've come to the right place. Now, folks, you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. There are no ads on People Are the Enemy, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love the show and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some quality literature, please consider purchasing any or all of my books. I'm the author of 10 self-published novels, that are all currently available worldwide via Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find and purchase all of my stories in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M A S C O L A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, Here's the quirky theme song. This is episode 267 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Thank you for spending time with me. It's good to have you with me. You're in the right place. This is the best show in the universe. I'm telling you, this is the greatest podcast ever. I don't know why everyone isn't listening. That's something I'll I'll never be able to understand, but there's a lot of mysteries in the world, right? There's still, like with all the science that we have, we're still... We still stuff we just don't understand, right? But is that kind of what makes the world cool? Kind of the entire life experience is that, uh, you know, it's kind of magical, right? Yeah. All right, we're gonna fade this out and get to work here because we got I got stuff to talk with you about here. Thank you very much, uh, Queen. It was instrumental of another one bites the dust for those who couldn't tell. <laughs> Who are you? Why are you listening to this podcast? I am, uh, I'm excited. I'm keyed up. It's, it's very late. I'm usually in bed at this hour, but, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to get the show recorded and, uh, here we are. So I, I, uh, I, I went to the kitchen 
and I took a spoon and a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly and I dipped the spoon in the peanut butter and then I dipped the spoon in the jelly and then I put the spoon in my mouth and then I dipped the spoon in the peanut butter and then I dipped the spoon in the jelly and then I put the spoon in my mouth and I'm mind you I'm the only one who eats out of these jars okay these are Andy exclusive jars in the household so don't be all freaked out. Say, oh my God, I'm never eating a sandwich at your house. I don't know who that is or why you're speaking like that. But uh, yeah, don't don't freak out, okay? <laughs> I'm not spreading my germs like that, okay? Whew, I wouldn't do that to you. So yeah, if you, if you come over to my house and I offer you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you can be sure that they didn't come from the uh, the exclusive jars, meaning the ones that I I, uh, I I dip into and make myself a a breadless peanut butter and jelly sandwich in order to get myself geared up. I don't I don't have many you know vices, you know I I probably sugar is my biggest vice really. I don't you know I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I rarely drink. I don't think I've had a drink. I don't think I've had a drink for like since like maybe two summers ago, maybe that was the last time I had a drink. I may be wrong, but uh, yeah, it's just not something I do. And I just, you know, I don't have any advices, advices or advices. I shoot heroin to my eye. Is that advice? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Come on. You know, I'm playing. You know, you know what happened this week though? You know, I, I, I'm a pescatarian, I, which means I don't eat beef, poultry, or pork. And uh, we were having a lunch at work, meaning like they were serving us lunch, which is so very nice of them to do. And uh, they brought out these big sandwich platters. And on these sandwich platters, there were finger sandwiches. Uh, you know, so they were small. So, you know, look at your two fingers, right? Two fingers, uh, you know, if you look at them sideways, like you're pointing a gun with your, your, your first pointer finger and your middle finger, maybe they're about that tall, the sandwich, and that, you know, and that, and that long. And then uh, if you put your fingers on the side, they're about that wide, literally like finger sandwiches, right? Uh, not literally, not, not real fingers. Jeez, holy moly, some Texas Chainsaw Massacre business going on up in this piece. <laughs> but yeah, there were these sandwiches, and I'm looking at them, and fortunately for me, they had bruschetta sandwiches, you know, which are meat-free, you know, but then they had these other sandwiches that I was like, I can't tell if these are, you know, and I'm sure you, you've been in the situation if you're you're eating at a buffet, right, and, you, and there's like sandwiches there, and you can't tell whether they're chicken salad or tuna, you ever come, you, they, they look the same, they can often look very, very similar. And I said to the woman who was uh, who was filling her plate across from me, I said, Dude, I said, are these chicken salad or tuna salad? She said, I'm pretty sure those are tuna salad. So I took one, and I started to eat it. And I said, Boy, this 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 tuna tastes different. It doesn't taste bad. It just tastes different. And then I asked the woman who bought the sandwiches later. I said, uh, I said, uh, I said, uh, was that uh, were those sandwiches chicken salad or were they tuna salad? She said. Uh, they were chicken salad, and I thought, no, oh no, I, I that's it. I'm eating. Ch I ate chicken. My God, the first time I, I think the first time unintentionally, obviously. I don't know when this has happened, but I I stopped eating chicken just you know just before my fortieth birthday. So so almost ten years ago. My God, yeah. So I did that, and I I was fine, you know. Did I? My stomach was a little upset, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't too bad. Like I said, you know, it's it's it was a very small sandwich, so it didn't it didn't hurt my stomach. I'll tell you something else that happened uh, this week. This is a this is you know. Thankfully, this story had a happy ending, but it it scared the crap out of me. Um, this Thursday afternoon, my aunt 
texted me and she said, uh, she said, and this is, mind you, this is just maybe just before 5 p.m., a Thursday afternoon, and I'm, uh, and I'm working, and she said, Andy, I've been trying to reach your mother since 2.30 p.m. today, and the line keeps ringing busy. Um, I, is everything okay? And I said, oh, dear Lord. I thought, oh, my gosh, what happened? And I can just, you know, I just think the worst. She lives by herself. God forbid something happened to her, um... Because who would be there to find her? I don't know. You know, nobody comes by except for myself, you know, and, and occasionally a neighbor. But uh, but it, it, I don't have any neighbor's numbers. It's not like I could call somebody and say, hey, can you go over and check on my mom and, and make sure that she's all right? You know, um, so I told my aunt I was texting with her. I said, you know, I'll I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll call every hour for the next three hours. And if by eight o'clock she doesn't pick up the phone or it's still ringing busy, I'll go over. And that's exactly what I did. I, I'm a man of my word. You know, I, I called every hour. Come 8 o'clock, she still wasn't picking up the phone, so I got in my car, and uh, I drove over there. And it's about, it's not far. It's just about, a, you know, a 30-minute 30, 30 drive to my mom's house. She lives in the next town. And, uh, and while I'm driving there, man, I'm just, like, this is the kind of person I am. Just kind of, like, preparing myself mentally. You know what I mean? I feel like, if, you know, I'm sure this is just due to past experiences that, you know, I feel like if I walked into my mom's home and I saw her, like, lying on the couch or in her bed, you know, with, this is gonna, this is gonna sound terrible, and uh, forgive me, I'm about to paint a, a, a horrible image here, and um, just, spoil, you know, just warning, I guess trigger warning, uh, I've found people deceased before, okay? I'll just say that. <laughs> Not in the best circumstances. Um, but, uh, so I kind of know the look, you know what I mean? And so I'm just like, like if I'd walked into my mother's living room and found her sitting on the couch with her head back and her mouth open and her eyes open, uh, just, you know, not breathing and not responsive, uh, I, I don't know if I'd be able to handle it. You know what I mean? I would... I, I, just the shock of that would, would really, really obviously affect me. Um, so in my mind, while I'm driving to my mother's house, I'm imagining myself like walking into the house and finding her deceased. Like I'm, I'm literally like preparing myself. Like she's, you know, you know, if she, if she's alive, great. You know, that's obviously what I'm hoping for. But if God forbid she's passed on and, you know, maybe she was trying to get the phone and knock the phone off the cradle or something. And she is like lying there, then you have to be ready for that, Andy. That's what I'm telling myself. So I get to my mother's house. Uh, my key, I had, I thought I had a key to her lock, but I don't have a key to her bolt, and she's bolted the door, and I, I can't unlock it, though I try. And then so I start banging on the windows because she's very hard of hearing. I think I've mentioned that before on the show. I know I've mentioned it before. So I'm, I'm banging on the windows, like, really hard. And the TV's on in the living room, but that doesn't mean anything, you know what I mean? Because she could have, she could have, uh, she could have, uh, God forbid, had a heart attack in front of the TV, you know what I mean? So I'm banging on the windows, I'm reaching over, like I'm standing on her porch, like reaching over and banging on the living room window, and like, I hear what's like the greatest sound in the world, and it's my mother screaming, just a minute! <laughs> and at that point, <laughs> she's obviously annoyed somebody's knocking at her door after 8 o'clock at night, but... At that point, I'm I'm psyched. I'm like, oh gosh, she's she's fine. That's her. <laughs> and she comes to the door, and it's like I couldn't have been like happier to see her, you know. 
And she said, "What? Why are you here?" And I just said, you know, "I said, well, your sisters were trying to get a hold of you, mom, and uh, the phone's been busy." And so we look at the phone, and of course, it's off the cradle. I fix it. I call the phone to make sure that I can get through. I can get through. And I'm just so happy. Like, I'm just, in the moment, I'm happy. And I literally tell her, like, because my mom has a dark sense of humor, uh, hence my dark sense of humor, I guess. And I, guess, and I tell her, I said, I thought I was going to come over and find you like this. And then, you know, I, I did the face, you know, put my head back with the eyes open and the mouth open. And she said, what would you have done? I said, well, first I would have done this. And I put my two fingers over my eyes like, and I closed the lids. <laughs> And then I like said, I would have done this, and I put my my, my hand under my chin and I closed my mouth. <laughs> like I said, she's laughing, I'm laughing. Thank God, man. Ah, uh, and it was just like, like I was just so happy, you know what I mean? Just like that she was okay, you know. And it was just this, I don't know, man. I I and I, you know, I. She said, "You want a cookie?" And I said, "Yeah, I want a cookie." Kid me, I want all the cookies. <laughs> I just. <laughs> She gives me a cookie like I'm seven again. You know what I mean? And uh, she said, I'll be over Sunday. I have Valentine's gifts for you and your family. And I said, oh, thank you. And I said, you know what? I've got a Valentine's gift for you in my car right now. Do you want it? And she said, yeah, I want it. So, <laughs> and I did. I went out to the car and I, I bought these, um, these Ghirardelli uh, uh, chocolate uh, gift boxes, you know, like the big uh, cardboard hearts, you know, and this is Ghirardelli chocolate. And I went out and I got it and I brought it to my mom and I said, here, here you go. And uh, she she immediately uh, had a piece and she was happy. And so it all was, all was well with the world. And I talked to her today. She's doing fine. Everything's fine. Again, how the phone got knocked off. She said she was speaking to her friend John and she probably forgot to hang up the phone. She's due over here tomorrow. So I will see her. I will see her tomorrow. But uh yeah, that was that was a nerve-wracking situation. You want to hear? Oh, you know what? Let me talk about this real quick before I, I get into the clips for this week. I uh, I don't know if you saw this, but on Twitter, there's like an official Clint Eastwood, uh, Twitter, Twitter profile, and uh, it's you know it's got the check mark and everything. It's all verified, and uh, there was this this these two photos floating around of Clint Eastwood, uh, pumping his own gas at 92 years old. And I guess it was sort of like, yeah, look at Clint, you know, Clint Eastwood, he's 92 and he's pumping his own gas. And I'm happy he's able to do that. But in all honesty, at 92, that is not my goal, man. I do not, like, I don't want to be pumping my own gas. Like, I don't, I'd like to be well enough to be able to do it. But in all honesty, like, I feel like, I'm, you know, I'm working my tail off. I'm hoping I'm working towards something. Like, maybe it's like... You know, what I would love, and this is this is going to sound arrogant and, and narcissistic and egotistical and all those horrible things, but I would like to be wealthy enough to be able to afford a driver. That's really what I want. And, and I'd also like that person to be able to make me a sandwich every now and again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, I'd like a driver and a personal chef, and they could be the same person. Now, I've told this to my wife, and my wife is like, you'll never have this. And I want to say, like, why not? Isn't that a great thing to aspire to? I mean, especially, like, if I retire. And I understand, like, yeah, you can take an Uber, and you can order, like, uh, meals that get delivered to your house. And I, maybe that's just what I do by the time I'm that age and, you know, and, and don't want to have to be bothered with these things, like pumping my own gas or, you know, cooking myself a meal. But I would really like to be able to, like... 
have somebody like dedicated to that job be able to like like literally give that person a nice paycheck to do that for me wouldn't that be cool i don't know man to me it just seems cool and again maybe it's uh maybe it's conceited or arrogant but it's like you know i look at that picture looked at the picture of clint eastwood at 92 and i'm like that's not what I want to be doing at 92. Good for Clint, I guess, if that makes him happy. But I'd really, I'd really rather have somebody be doing these things for me. <laughs> I don't think it's laziness. I just think it's like you work hard your whole life, and I, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to, uh, to be able to do that. Uh, 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 you know, be able to to afford to have somebody do that for me. I'm sorry, I'm looking at my phone while I'm while I'm talking here, and it's only because I'm queuing something up here that I'm. I want you to hear. This is great. Uh, this is uh, this is. A clip. We're gonna get into some clips as we've done for the past past handful of episodes. Just because I'm having so much fun finding things, uh, you know, while I peruse social media that I think work well for the show and are fun to talk about. This is a great one. Last week we had a clip. If you listen to the show, episode two sixty six, uh, there was a clip of little Yachty talking about his uh, his diet of uh, only pizza since second grade. Well, I found a clip this week of David Lynch, and uh, this is him on, I believe, Charlie Rose talking about his diet. Check this out. This is great. So what are you eating at first? Tell me what you're eating. I'm eating, um, for lunch, tomatoes, tuna fish, feta cheese, and uh, olive oil. You know, here's what's interesting about you. You eat that every day. Every day. Every day. You eat the same thing. Yeah, it's well, I, I it's it's very good. You know, well, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't eat it every day. Right, we? right, exactly. And what do we eat for dinner? Chicken, little pieces of chicken and broccoli, and a little soy sauce <laughs> every day. Yeah, every day, except when I travel, then I, I go off that. <laughs> is this? Can we say you're a creature of habit? Yes, habit in a daily routine, and then when there's some sort of order there, then you're free to mentally go off any any place. You've got a, a safe sort of foundation and and a place to spring off from and, and you view that in terms of the creative process is very important it was very important for me for you yeah the pure the environment the more you know fantastic the interior uh, world can be it seems to me isn't that wonderful i love that and i i guess i guess i guess i believe that because i i am very similar in that and i'm not trying to say i'm david lynch you know, quality of 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 uh, of artist or anything, or I'm, I'm as compulsive or compelled to create as David Lynch is, as he seems to be compelled to uh, be working all the time. But uh, but I can relate, man. Yeah, if it's something you can count on, you know, as far as like lunch, breakfast, dinner, you know, and then uh, then you can you're you can you're free to go other places in your mind. You know what I mean? I, I totally dig that, man. I got another clip for you I wanted to play before I hand things off to our friend Rachel from Des Moines. This was a fun one. Um, by the way, that that clip of David Lynch is from a TikTok profile that I follow called Universe of Lynch, and it's basically uh, all David Lynch related. Uh, clips it's really really great if you're if you're a fan of david lynch and his work then uh, that's uh that's a great follow universe of lynch okay this was one from a comedian and i'll give you this fellow's name as soon as we're we we get done playing it but uh this is great basically what this fellow did was he acted as if uh he acted as if anthony kiedis was auditioning for the first time to be one of the red hot chili peppers this is <laughs> this is really funny and uh i hope this works audio wise but uh, I think it will. I think it will. So it's basically members of the band talking with Anthony Kiedis and then the same guy as Anthony Kiedis talking back to the members of the band and him, Anthony Kiedis, basically auditioning for the Chili Peppers. Check this out. 
So the guys and I decided we dig your style a lot, Anthony. But let's start with the good first. We, we took some notes, all right? So you've got, I love you, girl. Want to give love a whirl. You give love to the world. I want to make you my world. See, that's beautiful, Anthony. But then after that verse, you've got, Pollywog, Dolly Log, give a dog a bony. Dib a dab, Eddie's dad, call my telephony. Who is Eddie? It's actually Eddie's dad. Okay, but who is that? Anthony, if you're trying to prove you can rhyme, we don't doubt your abilities at all. But like, Forest Ham, Can of Spam, I Want Your Spicy Cheetos, Rack of Ribs, Tricks for Kids, Need Your Ranch Doritos. We thought that one was your grocery list you accidentally gave us. <laughs> Look, they're abstract lyrics, I don't know what to tell you guys. If you don't want me in the band, I get it. So what do we think? I mean, he's already got his shirt off, so... Welcome to the Chili Peppers! <laughs> I thought that was so fun. Uh, that was uh, that was posted by a guy. If you're interested, you can find that profile on TikTok. Uh, he calls himself Sam C-A-H-N Runs. So Sam Khan Runs. Uh, really, really clever. I like that a lot. Funny, funny stuff. Anyway, at this point, folks... We are going to hand things off to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week. I got some nice comments from Tony and from Jeffrey, both about uh, feelings of all things. Got to see a clip of Carol Burnett singing the song on the gong show as one of her Carol Burnett show characters. So we skipped the 80s chart last week, but it was from January 28th of 1984. I felt it was a super solid chart, and I didn't want to miss telling you about the songs. At number 82 is Automatic by the Pointer Sisters, and that would make it to number 5. This was the second single from their 10th album called Breakout, and this was the, the first top 40 hit with Ruth on lead vocals. So we have a moment of alto pride there. And I was just thinking that I feel like my job here is done if I've taught people that the Pointer Sisters are more than Jump For My Love and ELO is more than Mr. Blue Sky. So let's see if I'm successful. At number 81 is U2 with a live version of their song I Will Follow. And this had this uh, 81 was the peak for that one. This was originally released as Side 1 Track 1 on their debut album Boy, but it didn't chart in the U.S., um, only in Australia and New Zealand. And this live version is from Under a Blood Red Sky, and I read that the particular recording was done in Germany. And this was this live release was their second charting single in the U.S. after New Year's Day. And up next, I have a few songs that I feel like you probably already know, but I just wanted to be sure to mention. At number 77 is Synchronicity 2 by The Police. That would make it to number 16. That was from their fifth and final studio album, Synchronicity. And that was one that was recorded in Air Studios. I feel like this is a good one for the car. I feel like the lyrics are pretty serious when you delve into them, but I kind of just enjoy the sound of the song apart from scrutinizing them too much. Um, at number 73 is Rockwell with Somebody Is Watching Me. That made it all the way to number two. And Rockwell is the son of Barry Gordy, uh, but he wanted to get a record deal without his father's knowledge, so he went with this name Rockwell. And he is a... Uh, half-brother of Red Foo from LMFAO, and then Sky Blue is also his nephew. Um, Rockwell had one other top 40 hit. The other single was Obscene Phone Caller, 
And I wanted to mention this one just so that people knew that it is a real song. It was not just made up for a Geico commercial with money with eyes on it. At number 38, we have Quiet Riot with Bang Your Head, Metal Health. We had talked about Quiet Riot before with their covers of those uh, Slade songs. Um, but this is one of their originals. And I learned that their band name came from a comment by Rick Parfit from the band Status Quo, who said he thought Quite Right would be a good name for a band, but he was misheard as Quiet Riot. And if you listen, if you're going to listen to Bang Your Head Metal Health, you got to listen to the version off of the Footloose soundtrack. Of course, from when Ren pulls up at his new school in his yellow VW Bug. At number 72, we have She's Trouble by the group Musical Youth. And this made it to number 65. This was the follow-up to their song, Big Hit, Past the Duchy, which I was honestly surprised that this, when I heard this song, I looked at the band. I was kind of surprised it was these guys. Feels like it has a little different sound, more polished. Um, and Past the Duchy had been a number one hit around the world, basically except for the U.S. It only hit number 10 here, um, but I think lives on as a favorite from the 80s. Uh, She's Trouble is from their second LP, Different Style, and that was their final U.S. Hot 100 appearance. At number 68, we have Howard Jones with New Song. I made it to number 27, and it's kind of an interesting title for a man's debut single, uh, but that was off of his first album, Humans Lib. And this was one of nine top 40 appearances in the U.S. for Howard Jones. And the Wikipedia page for the song quotes a 2011 interview he gave with Songfacts website extensively, which I want to dig into some more, but he mentioned that the song is kind of like his manifesto. And before we leave 1984, I wanted to mention that this chart, uh, the number one in its second week was Owner of a Lonely Heart. So it's a very special week for us Yes fans. Heading into the 70s, our 70s chart comes from February 2nd of 1974. Starting out at number 75, we have Jessica by the Allman Brothers Band. This made it to number 65. This is from their fourth album, Brothers and Sisters. This is written by uh, guitarist Dickie Betts and named for his child, Jessica, as an infant at the time. And I think this is just an amazing instrumental, very enjoyable. I feel like my brother must have had an album of theirs and played this one a lot. Uh, but something I was surprised to learn from Wikipedia was that this was a number 29 hit on the Easy Listening chart. So I'm really curious what other stuff was on the, on the Easy Listening back in 74. Just yeah, great sound, great instrumental, check it out. At number 70 is a song called Star by the group Steelers Wheel. That would make it to number 29. That's another one I was kind of surprised to see who the artist was when I heard this. Um, Steelers Wheel, of course, are known for Stuck in the Middle with You, which was a number six hit. Uh, they're a Scottish band, uh, and they're a duo, I guess, and Jerry Rafferty was one half, which that I was surprised to learn that. I didn't know he had been in Steelers Wheel. And this song, to me, sounds like it might have been inspired by the Kinks or possibly the Small Faces, just the sound of it. Another neat uh, neat one here from 74. Of note on our chart this week at number 55 is the song Eris 2, Touch the Wind by Spain's Eurovision entry Mocidades. And uh, this song was famously used in Tommy Boy. Maybe for some of us, that's the first time we ever heard it. And I, the clip of Chris Farley and David Spade singing along in their falling apart car is very sweet. At number 53, we have ELO with Showdown. And 53 was the peak for this one in the U.S., although it did make it to number 12 in the U.K. and number 9 in Norway. This was the first single from ELO's third album, On the Third Day. This has a funkier sound. I really love the vocal on this one. And I learned that Mark Bolin was at the sessions when they recorded this, and Jeff Lynne used his Gibson guitar on this part of this track. 
And finally from the 70s this week at number 8 is Until You Come Back to Me, That's What I'm Gonna Do by Aretha Franklin. That would make it all the way to number 3. And with this chart peak, she became the first artist to have hits peak at number 1 through number 10 in the Hot 100. And it has gone to being equaled by a few artists, but Aretha got there first. And I really love the phrasings on this one and the, just the vocal lilts and leaps that she makes. And when you look at the uh, who else who played on this song, there's really some bonanza personnel like uh, Bernard Purdy, Hugh McCracken, Charles Rainey, Chuck Rainey, excuse me, and uh, Donnie Hathaway. Moving on to the 80s, we're in 1987 this week. The first one I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to follow this under, file this under, if I have to know about this, so do you. At number 93, at its peak, is Ronnie's Rap by Ron and the DC Crew, which is really a Florida morning zoo DJ, Mark Mosley. And I was shocked this was on Spotify, um, but I, it is also on Genius.com, which is where I learned the information about who the real singer was. And this one is just like, it's not that funny, but it's also not satirical. It's not really trying to like, make any point. It could arguably be pro-Reagan. Um, it's just, yeah, I think he just had this impression and so they threw this out there and it made it on the Hot 100. At number 73, uh, we have a group called Hipsway with their song, The Honey Thief. That made it to number 19 and they were a Scottish band and this was the third single released off of their debut album and the first to chart in the U.S. Um, they had two more albums after before they split and this one was just enjoyed it when it popped up it kind of sounds a little bit like squeeze to me their song hourglass maybe a slower version of that it feels like it'd just be one of those great lost 80s hits and number 66 is till tuesday with the song coming up close and i first heard this on an 87 chart a couple years ago and it really just struck me amy mann's voice has such a special quality and just a beautiful song a beautiful ballad from them made it to number 59 and it was the second single off of their second album welcome home at number 63 is the song Midnight Blue by Lou Graham, who was the lead singer of Foreigner, and this was off of his first solo album. Um, he was still with the band at this point and didn't leave until 1990. This made it to number five. So, you know, a very sizable hit, but it doesn't seem like it's quite stayed in people's memories, unfortunately. At number 57 is the song Shelter by the group Lone Justice. It's made it to number 47. And when I listen to this one, it just has really the makings of what could have been a big hit, but unfortunately it couldn't even crack the top 40. Uh, Lone Justice were a country rock band from LA, part of the quote-unquote cowpunk scene. The lead singer was Maria McKee, and she's a songwriter and solo artist in her own right. And I just wonder if maybe it was like a little too country or not marketed well, I'm not sure. Another sweet song. Very of the era, but very good. And finally from the 80s this week at number 35, we have Bruce Hornsby in the range with their song Mandolin Rain. This made it to number four. This was the fourth single off of their debut album, The Way It Is. And Bruce Hornsby in the Range won a Best New Artist Grammy. And this was oh, this was a follow-up to the single The Way It Is. Or, you know, that's kind of more what they're known for. And then, you know, that was number one. And this is number four, so comparable. But that has, like, so many more plays on Spotify. So kind of an interesting, you know, the chart position maybe doesn't tell the whole tale of the song's uh, true impact. And if you like this one, uh, Pam Tillis has a really beautiful cover of it that's out there. Well, that's all the time I have this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. Awesome, awesome stuff this week. I uh, remember 
my cousin, who was a year older than me, thinking it was hilarious that Sting sang uh, Kick in the Crotch <laughs> on that police uh, song, Synchronicity, from the 84 chart. He said, listen, he's going to say it. <laughs> oh, boys. This has been episode 267 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace. <laughs>